Hey, yeah, you. Have you seen this movie? That's what I thought. Go watch before continuing on, because we are going to spoil every bit of it. We'll be waiting for you. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DylansFRF, or email us at DylansFRF at gmail.com. Thanks! Dylan's First Run Features Here are your hosts, Ryan Mason and Dylan Mason. This is Lane Hewitt speaking. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dylan's First Run Features. I'm Ground Control. That's Major Tom. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Are we going to do this every episode? Every single one. You can't just say I'm Dylan and that's my dad, Ryan. I, I can't say that, can't no. No, I'm no. I, I'm sorry, man. Ground but Control we... and I'm Major Tom. Yep. Or is it the other way around? Are you Major Tom? I'm Ground Control. You're Major Tom. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> This week we have an American in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have an American Ground in Paris. Ground Control's been pretty excited oh, about this yeah. one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Been very excited. <laughs> well, let's get on with it, I guess. in Paris stars Gene Kelly, Leslie Caron, Oscar Levant, George Coudery, and Nina Foch. It's also directed by Vincente Manelli. I think it's Vincente or Vincent, one or the other. It's Vincent with an E at the end, so I'm assuming it's Vincente. Yeah. He was, at the time, married to Judy Garland um, and also divorcing Judy Garland at the same yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> That's not particularly a circumstance where you'd want to be directing a film. <laughs> yeah, especially a love story like this. Yeah. One. So, yeah. That wasn't a very good set, was it? Well, I was doing some research. It, it does seem that uh, Gene Kelly was not the most popular guy, which is a shame because he's charming as hell and he's made be the most talented dancer I've ever seen. I don't know. Yeah. But along with being really good at something comes cockiness and perfectionism. And he was known for being a perfectionist and known for being very cocky. Oh, boy. Um, the cast and the crew did not like him at all because of his condescending attitude. And he made a lot of snide remarks. And that became sort of an issue because when Vincent Minnelli was in the midst of divorcing Judy Garland, he wasn't always on the set. So Kelly was the de facto director when that began to happen, and the cast and the crew were not excited about that because he was such a dick, apparently. Mm. Leslie Carone, who played Lise, uh, she suffered malnutrition during World War II, and it caused her some health issues, and her body really couldn't take the rigorous shooting schedule, and she could only work every other day, and that annoyed Gene Kelly. She had legitimate health issues, but it's annoying to him, I guess. So, okay, yeah. And, and uh, even though he discovered her, and this was her first movie, she was a brilliant dancer, but he was incredibly critical of her, and they ended up just hating each other. 
kind of casts a pall over a, a very wonderful movie. Oh, yes. We can act like we know this and we can just move on from it now. So. Yeah. But what an incredible movie. There's so much to talk about with this movie because mm. of just because of how much of this movie is so brilliant. Yeah. For starters, Gene Kelly, although, yes, a total douchebag, is just brilliant in this movie. He's unbelievable. It is impressive to watch him in this movie because he's just so brilliant at his work. Neither one of us are musical fans. No. Not in the least. Like, I can watch one. I don't really get people just breaking out into song like they do. (laughs) Or, you know, even singing the plot of the movie. But really, I mean, this was a musical. People do break out into song in it. Yeah. But it's not an overwhelming musical. You know, it's not one of those musicals where you're just like constantly rolling your eyes like, geez, (laughs) you're mesmerized by the dancing. Yeah. And there's so many talented people in this movie. Oh, my God. So many talented, incredible dancers, incredible singers, incredible musicians. What's the piano player's name? Oscar Levant. Oscar Levant. Good Lord. He's got a solo scene where he's daydreaming about putting on a concert. And he's playing the piano, but he's also conducting the orchestra, playing the other orchestral instruments. Yeah. He's just, he's having a daydream because he and Gene Kelly's character are struggling artists, basically. Gene Kelly in the movie is not a dancer. He's actually a painter. Yeah. And while his paintings are really great, he's, he's a, you know, a much better dancer. Yeah. <laughs> much better dancer. The movie's about uh, these struggling artists trying to, trying to get gigs, basically. And then Gene Kelly's character falls in love with the wrong woman. Yeah. <laughs> not the wrong woman, just the, the right woman at the wrong time, I guess. Yeah. This daydream you're talking about goes on for a solid five to seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And Oh my lord, it just mesmerizing. It, it is mesmerizing to yeah. watch. Oscar Levant, as you said, is just like he is one of the greatest piano players I've ever seen. This was clearly done in more than one take because obviously they cut away at several parts, but it's still absolutely brilliant to watch. It is. Like you get to see his hands playing the piano while he does it, and it's just impossible to take your eyes off of the screen while you're watching it. It's just so insane beautiful it is beautiful first and an actor second (laughs) maybe an actor even further down the line because he did not do a lot of acting up until this point if any you know he was hired for his piano playing skills and you know good hire (laughs) yeah really good hire good hire yeah absolutely as a member of a show choir and a former star of a musical This movie's choreography just made me happy. Yeah. Because it's just... It's joyful. It's impressive. It's yeah. joyful. It's just... Uh, I mean, yes, Gene Kelly, a total douchebag, but oh my god. Let's set aside the fact that he wasn't a nice guy and we'll just uh, praise him for his talents. Yeah. <laughs> there are several scenes in this movie where 
you can't help but just let your jaw drop because it is just mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. There is a scene where he is in a room with George Levant. George Levant is playing the piano, and Gene Kelly is just tap dancing like a madman. That scene is the one that encouraged us to watch the movie. Yeah. We were just watching TV one day and kind of flipping through the channels, and I just so happened to go by Turner Classic Movies, and it was on. Yeah. Something Gene Kelly did in that scene made us both kind of just stop and watch and we watched the entire scene and when it was over, we were like, that was amazing. Yeah. And after rewatching it, it is still absolutely amazing to watch. Mind-blowing tap dancing. There is a scene where Oscar Levant, this is the scene, um, Oscar Levant and Gene Kelly are performing the song Tra-La-La, This Time It's Really Love. And they do the entire song, and it goes on for maybe three to four minutes. And it is just fluid. It goes straight through, and it is smooth. And Kelly choreographed all the dancing in the movie. Oh, my God. And every scene, no matter who's part of it, whether he's in it or somebody else, because there are other scenes where other people are dancing. Oh, yeah. Carone, she does some solo dancing. There's a scene where a singer is dancing on stage with showgirls, and... There's a lot of dancing in it, and it's not all Gene Kelly, but it's all amazing. It is. Incredible stuff. I feel that the most major feat he had for this entire movie, though, is that final 17 minutes. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. The final 17 minutes of this movie is just a consistent, nonstop dance showcase, basically. And there is no dialogue, no singing whatsoever, just Gene Kelly and a lot of extras dancing. And this goes on for 17 minutes straight. It actually has its own credit in the movie as an American in Paris ballet. Yeah. So I got a little bit of information about this this sequence. That final sequence, it was 17 minutes in completion, but it took a month to film it. I don't doubt that. Yeah, I don't either. It looks like it could have taken a year to film that entire thing. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that, it was just crazy. And with Gene Kelly at the director's chair for a lot of the production, I bet that was... He directed that entire final sequence. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, that was all him. Oh! That entire sequence, that whole 17 minutes, cost, in 1951, when the movie was made, $500,000. That doesn't sound like much nowadays. No. Five hundred thousand uh, dollars in 1951 is the equivalent of five point seven million dollars today. Oh my god! <laughs> that's more money that's put into that scene than many scenes today. Yeah, this movie actually did not do well at the box office. Shockingly that's enough, surprising. Yeah, it uh, it was it had a two point three million dollar budget and it made less than a million dollars in the U.S. and less than a million overseas. Oh my god! But I, I'm sure it lived on, you know, and made more money in the you know later on in the lifespan of the movie and you know showing up in classic theaters and then one of of course when it hit television and everything it probably made its money back eventually oh yeah it's kind of crazy that it really wasn't a huge hit film because especially considering that it won best picture it did and to mention this this is our first best picture winner we're having on the podcast yeah yeah and i'm that's exciting because well we haven't gotten to another best picture winner yet and i'm excited to watch all the best picture winners eventually and just see what all of the praise is about for those movies right i've seen some best picture winners like like there are some really good ones and man there are some ones that should not have won but i think it's pretty much universally agreed upon that crash probably shouldn't have won (laughs) yeah and maybe nomadland 
Yeah, well, yeah, I agree with that. Shakespeare in Love, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of movies that shouldn't have won. Green Book. Hindsight's 2020, as they say. Yeah. This movie was nominated for eight Oscars, uh, and it won six of them, including Best Picture, Best Screenplay, Best Cinematography, and pretty much all of the uh, technical Technical awards. awards. Yeah. It was not nominated for a single acting award, which is a first. It's the first time a Best Picture winner was not nominated for any acting awards. Yeah, that is insane. Which really surprises me that Gene Kelly didn't get nominated. Oh, yeah. That's for his total performance. For yeah. his total performance, yeah, it's really, really astounding. Right. He did get a nomination for an award at that year's Oscars that was like overall appraisal for the work on the, that they did on the film, and he accepted that award. So yeah. What else is interesting about that final 17 minutes, and really, there's three more minutes be- before and after that in, in total. No words were spoken in the, the last 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. It is rare that a movie can go minutes on end without dialogue and it it successfully works. Yeah, and it didn't need it. That whole last 20 minutes of the movie is just spellbinding to watch. Yeah. The dancing seems like it goes on for a never-ending amount of time. But not in a bad way. No. Like, you kind of don't want it to end. Yeah, you just keep watching it, and whenever you think it's about to end, it continues. And once it finally ends, you're just like, oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. When it was over, you and I were like high-fiving across the room. Yeah. (laughs) Which is what you do when you watch a ballet is you (laughs) (laughs) high-five. One more really amazing scene in the movie was the opening scene where he's getting up for to for his day and he is doing all this smooth stuff around the apartment yes. like and he's got his his apartment rigged up his bed actually he raises it yeah. raises it up to the ceiling and just it's, it's so smooth his apartment's like a transformer it, it's, it's just like whoa, whoa, here's, just a, here's tur- breakfast you know he's opening closets and getting breakfast out of the closets yeah and out of nowhere he pulls a table out of the sky yeah it's like it's a it's a straight up studio apartment but everything is just he's got it to the point where Everything's within reach, and it's and he's got it all accessible, and it's just really cool to it watch. It is fluid motion, yeah, and it is just it's like water, just really amazing, constant. So yeah, we like this one. We really like this one. Yeah, yeah. I have to say this: this has definitely become my favorite musical I've ever seen. Yeah, easily. Tick Tick Boom held that for uh, less than a year, but. That movie still that movie still works for me. This one just I just don't I don't really dig musicals that much and and granted I I haven't watched a ton of musicals oh, no. because I just they're not my thing. Yeah. This is one I would rewatch over and over again. Yeah. There are a few musicals where I turn them off like a little bit into it because we didn't because for one it was unexpectedly a musical like The Wicker Man for example. <laughs> that what was- ha- that was a surprising musical. <laughs> yeah. We made it like half an hour into it, and it was a musical, and we were like, wait. I still no. plan on finishing that. I still plan on it. So. Yeah. But the first yeah. 30 minutes of that is so musical, and it's yeah. so strange. I still plan on watching it. Now that I know that that's part of it, now I can go into it with that expectation. I think when we watched it at the time, it was like, this is a musical? I thought this was like a cult movie, you yeah. know? All the musical numbers are about sex, you know, like <laughs> yeah. graphic sex, yeah. sung by children, you know, and it's like, okay, so the mood of that whole thing kind of put us off and like, maybe we should come back to this one yeah. and watch something else, you know? Yeah. 
I have absolutely no idea what's going on. This one is something that if you haven't seen it, you should absolutely watch it because whether you like musicals or not give it a shot because it's yeah if you can't appreciate the talent in it then you're hard to please if you aren't impressed by anything in the entire world you won't be impressed by this (laughs) anything in the entire world anything in the entire world (laughs) nothing impresses me nothing not this man's dancing nothing (laughs) (laughs) one last thing too that i didn't cover The entire movie was shot on the MGM studio lot. The sets were built to look like Paris, but MGM wouldn't pay to film the movie in Paris. Nope. And uh, Gene Kelly didn't like that. (laughs) No, I don't think. I doubt he would. I doubt he did. But the sets were really, really beautiful. There were a few scenes filmed in Paris. I don't know which ones. Just like that, yeah, external shots. But nearly every part of this movie is built on a set with matte paintings behind it and the matte paintings man yeah they look so good i really had no real i guess admiration for matte paintings until we went to hollywood i think yeah we went to the academy of uh the academy awards museum or academy museum whatever you call it and the matte painting of mount rushmore from north by northwest is in that museum and you can stand in front of it and take yeah. pictures with it that's absolutely and just amazing. looking at it and then seeing it seeing it in a couple of still frames from the movie it's like Wow. It's cool how you can take a painting and actually make it a background of a movie and it looks natural. Yeah, you know? it, it is so cool. And then you, you start to look for matte paintings in movies and then when you see them, it's like, oh, wow, look at that. You know, yeah. And this one had plenty of them. So. Oh, yeah. Nearly every background of this movie was a matte painting in one way or another. And yeah. it is beautiful. It is really great. I, I just love matte paintings, man. He loves the matte paintings. He loves the dancing. He loves the piano playing. There's no thing in this movie that I don't love. Let's Everything just... impresses this man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll wrap it up there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> Check us out on all of our socials. Yeah. And, uh, Dylan's FRF everywhere you look. Everywhere. Please keep listening. Tell a friend. Have yeah. that friend tell a friend. Yeah. 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 Okay, see ya. See ya. Dylan's First Run Features is presented by the All Night Drive-In Picture Show. It is produced and edited by Markham Harvey. Our music is by Dylan Mason. I'm your announcer, Dylan's mother. This has been a Clown Business Coalition production. Good night, everyone. This is Lane Hewitt speaking.